Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm Rod. And today and we've got a guest. We have got a guest. Who do you think it is? Is it is it uh, famed author Salman Rushdie? Famed author Salman Rushdie. Oh, I can Ooh. see why you thought that, but maybe not. No, have oh. another go. Is it? Uh, oh, is it? Uh, is it? Uh, is it one of our former students who is now doing their pre-reg and has come to talk to us about the the ins and outs, the truth and the lies about being a pre-reg optometrist? Yes, it is, and it's not just any student; it's super student. Hey. <laughs> Low expectations. So, super student, who are you? Tell us about yourself. So, I am Karis. I did third year last year and I'm currently doing pre reg in Cornwall and getting through that, really. Fantastic. Mm. What's the best bit about being a pre reg? No, I, I enjoy it because you see yourself learning because you like looking at your records all the time. When you look back at the records that you did at the start, you sort of are like, oh dear, because you made a lot of silly mistakes. So you can see sort of your progress going through. What's the worst bit of it then? The worst bit is it's very stressful because you're doing sort of a full day's work. And as you're going through and doing eye tests, you need to make sure that you've got the right records. So you permanently think about who you're seeing. You need to make sure that you're doing all the right things. And then when you get home, in theory, you're meant to be revising quite a lot. So it's quite an intense process. Do you think you actually need to revise as much as you think you do? Because that was going to be one of my questions. How much work do you actually do? From what a lot of people have said, the assessors are quite different. But I think you do learn a lot from just doing the eye tests. So I think by looking over your records and thinking about what you should have done or what you could do differently, that is revision in itself. So it's not so much like at uni, it's very much you learn a topic and that's it. Whereas it's thinking about sort of what questions they're going to ask you about it and things like that. So it's a lot more of an interactive revision. So is the, the, the stress with the revision not so much that it's different, it's that you're having to juggle it with... With work, yeah, with well. work, it's sort of thinking about like, because I'm quite bad at most of myself, motivating myself in the evenings to actually do stuff. So I just tend to do it on my days off. But then you sort of sacrificing your days off for learning. So it's sort of weighing in when you want to do it. Do you find that's actually more flexible than when you were at university, though? Yeah, well, it's very much how much work you want to put in it, because as well, the good thing is like at uni, if you fail an exam, then you failed. Whereas with 
fitness because the, at different visits they assess different competencies so if you don't get all 10 in the first visit you just push it back to the second visit so it's not that sort of level of you either pass or fail it's either you get it this time around or next time so it's weighing up how much time you want to put in as to how much you want to do in that one stage what, what sort of support do you get on a practice level my supervisor's there if I've got questions but again it's quite different like she's quite happy to leave me to do what I want to do but if I've got any questions to go to her whereas again I think some supervisors in different practices are a bit more hands-on like one of my friends they have like weekly meetings where they go through their records and do that with them whereas my supervisor's a bit more sort of hands-free so it is that sort of more down to you what you end up doing. Does that feel liberating? Yeah, it's a bit that, more. Yeah, it's a bit more like she feels confident that I know what I'm doing. So it gives you confidence in yourself per se. But then I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Am I not? But then there's always someone you can go to, like because the other opticians know you're doing it. So if they've got anything interesting, they ask you to come and have a look at it. So they know like what you've got and because for certain competencies the shop floor staff they sort of are looking out for you as well so they're like oh this I booked this person in with you so it's quite nice to know that people are sort of looking out for what you're doing and what you need. Was it difficult to to, to adapt to being part of a, a, a team after sort of learning as, well, a, as a solo student? Yeah I worked in the practice before so it wasn't that much of a transition for me but I can imagine it is a bit like I don't know because in terms of the pre-reg because everyone's at different stages whereas at uni like if everyone had one exam you were all preparing for it so you could talk more about it whereas now I'm like at a different stage to some people so you're not all going through the same experience so in terms of that it is a bit different. Do you still interact with everyone you're at uni with are you still talking about the learning in the same way that you were? Yeah, probably not as much because like before you just see people around and like people that you wouldn't necessarily say and like your close friends you chat to a bit more. So you do lose a bit of contact. But the people I interact with more, we still chat quite a lot and sort of see what we're up to and at what stage everyone's at. But maybe not as much as when you're at uni. Is that more or less beneficial than it was at uni, do you think? I'd probably say a bit less because I'd say like everyone's at a different stage and because everyone's got a different assessor like I don't know I find personally like my assessor is very interested in like the pathology side whereas other people have said more they're like quizzed more about the BV so again it's sort of less relatable because I know I need to focus on one area whereas they focus on something else so a bit different. This is a bit like an inquisition, isn't it? We're asking questions. <laughs> it feels a bit, a bit inquisitioning. I was, I was about to turn the tables and go, Andy, was this? Oh, it's your pre-reg. Yeah, is this really bells when you were a pre-reg? He's well, blanked out too long ago. Don't clean the fire out before we started. Clean the grate and then light the candles and go up the chimney. <laughs> it was a long, long time ago. Um, we didn't have assessors. We had um, a set of qualifying exams. Okay which were all um, you and two assessors actually sitting the other side of a table firing questions at you, God. which is quite a, a scary... Um, yeah, that sounds moment. very intense. <laughs> so almost like a, a, a PhD viva, like an oral exam. Almost. Very much so, yeah. Um, yeah. 
And for me, it didn't suit me. That wasn't the style of exam that I, I excel at. Yeah. Um, but the actual experience of a pre-reg, the being a pre-reg, I really enjoyed. Mm. For me, I couldn't wait to get out of university and actually start seeing patients. Yeah, it um, is very different because at uni you obviously just see sort of one a week and then more sort of specialised clinics. But like the amount of people you see in one week compared to at uni, like it's insane. After I'd seen my first couple of patients in the final year clinic, I was itching to get out there and do the job. Yeah. I knew that it was what I was born to do and I just, I was ready to do it. I did you do yours in like uh, independent or hospital or? I did it in one of the, um, the multiple groups that existed that no longer exists. Okay. Um, my supervisor, it was his first pre-reg he'd ever had. So there wasn't that much difference in age between us, which was quite good. Um, yeah. I still talk to him occasionally, but perhaps not as much as I should. And we'd probably both say that, but neither is that good at keeping in touch but when we do meet up it, it is almost like no time has gone past yeah. which is nice you do develop a bond I've also been a pre-reg supervisor and I'd say exactly the same things on the other side of that when I I meet up with my pre-reg it, it is almost like it was yesterday that yeah together and for me it was very much a we were working together he wasn't working for me even though it was my practice we were working together that that element you were saying about it being a team in practice isn't just the pre-reg, the a good practice, everyone looks out for everyone anyway. Um, yeah, well, it's funny because like some optoms, because of, like me and because we've got a pre-reg that she's just qualified, but because I think our knowledge on like OCT and things is sort of a bit more current than some of theirs. So like they get us in for an opinion which I find strange because in my head before you start pre-reg you're very much like they're the superior whereas they're like oh what do you think of this and I don't know it's sort of it's quite nice that they ask you for your opinion on things so yeah yeah did uni prepare you for practice do you think it did in terms of like the eye tests and the whole like knowledge side of things but I had no clue what pre-reg was about sort of thing like they don't really tell you how it works because I was like oh I don't, I don't really know anything about like I could have looked it up as well but they don't really tell you the stages of it or anything like that so that was a bit of a shock. <laughs> so if you were, it's a wonderful question you just asked yourself if you were talking to the second and third years now and saying what is the pre-reg like what would you yeah. have to say? I'd say it's a lot of your responsibility for what you end up doing with it because I think at uni you're very much like told this is the like how it goes whereas at pre-reg you have to make sure you get your patients and you book them in so I would probably say to even though it seems a way away to have a look and see what sort of things you need to do like just go on to the college website and have a look at what it actually involves because like I'm very much I compartmentalize things so I'm like right I'll do second year I'll do third year and then I'll worry about pre-reg whereas I think it would be nice to have a look in advance about what it involves like I find stage one was really useful because with that it was looking at your own record so it, as much as I don't like reflection you end up reflecting and it is quite useful no offense <laughs> but yeah so that was actually quite useful whereas stage two like I haven't actually done it yet but with that they give you a mystery patient and you have to do an eye test on them and you have to again like make sure you do everything by the book and stuff 
and with that like I don't really like I guess it's beneficial but also I've been doing I'm, I've done like 200 eye tests up to this point if they don't think I'm competent by this point then why have they let me lose some patients so I don't know I find it a bit silly that now they have to watch me do an eye test and say yes mm. we do an eye test so like I don't think this part that's coming up is necessarily the most useful but I do like the idea of a mystery patient. Like there's a patient sitting yeah. in your chair in a trench coat and a fedora hat pulled low. So you can't see who they are. And you do the test and halfway through, they whip off the hat and it's Gordon Ramsay or someone like that. That would be and, pretty cool. That would be awesome. <laughs> and, then, and then he cooks you a meal, he goes out and swears at people and leaves. <laughs> and you're qualified. You're qualified. <laughs> the end. With swearing. Yeah. So I, I, but I, it's, it's really... Good to you say that you've done two hundred odd sight tests, yeah, already. Because I'd imagine for um, a second or a third year, that sounds like a, that, a huge yeah, amount. Yeah, it of sounds insane. <laughs> but you, you're saying it like it's nothing. I've done two hundred two hundred odd odd sight tests, which I think says a lot about how much the pre-reg just normalizes the amount of testing you'll do yeah definitely like when I first started like you go in and you're sort of all stressed about seeing someone and you make sure like you spend like 10 minutes sort of getting everything ready whereas now you just sort of walk in sit down you're like yeah come on in like and just get on with it like it does make you a lot more confident with it mm. do you feel like an optometrist or do you still feel like a student I'm starting to feel more like an optometrist and it's funny because, like, again, because I've got, like, supervisors, like, two supervisors, and they were both like, oh, you seem, like, a lot happier. And I was like, yeah, because, like, I'm the sort of person where unless I feel completely confident doing something, like, I feel a bit stressed, whereas now I am sort of feel a bit more at ease with everything. So, I don't know. I'm not there 100% yet, but I'm a lot more towards the optom side than the student side than when I first started. Have you had any definite milestones on the way, any points to which, because you talk about reflecting, that you've looked back and thought, I changed because of that, or I'm, I'm better because of that, or more professional? Yeah, just nothing in particular, but I feel like especially BV side of things, like when I look back, I was just doing, like with Maddox, Rod and Wing, like I was doing things where they didn't really make any sense. Whereas now I think that was the main area where like I spoke to my supervisors and like my management for that. I don't sort of panic. I know what I'm doing and things. Whereas before I was just sort of making it up and being like, oh, let's try this. So I think for me personally, that's the bit that I've grown the most in. And when I look back at my records, I was like, oh dear, I'd like to do that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say something, but I can't think what it was. Go ahead. <laughs> being thrown by the mention of bb yeah bb i'm just i'm just going ah uh, stereopsis that's all you need to know about bb um i've said that and somewhere a bb expert who will not be named is is, is getting a vicious <laughs> migraine yeah oh god someone's someone's having mentioned a, it i'm gonna go with bb saying it's not worthwhile um much like i do when someone slags off perception yeah just, oh god someone's having a go at object recognition theories ow my head that explains a lot because people have it for that an awful lot people yeah i think that's what happens when i get when i get a migraine i just get yeah. a migraine because someone's, someone's talking about it somewhere someone's having to go at gestalt laws they're mocking 
The guests don't know, it? But, but because people haven't been going to the pub because of COVID, that explains why you've had so few migraines. Yeah, because they can't go and go, what? Not all they're sitting in the pub going, what gestalt laws do you think are being displayed by what's going on behind the bar here? That's very interesting, Tarquin. I think there's all these sorts of things. Because lots of our students are called Tarquin. Oh, you've just offended a whole tranche of society now. Yeah. I have. The gestalt theorists and all the Tarquins. There's nothing wrong with gestalt theory. There's nothing wrong with being called Tarquin. Tarquin is just my go-to name for a student, and I don't know why. There's a Tarquin gin in Cornwall. So there you go. I tested the owner of Tarquin gins. That was my most celebrity person. <laughs> this is this is what nobody ever tells you about being a pre-reg. You'll start seeing celebrities. There you You'll go. Start seeing well-known people. <laughs> it is exciting when you see well-known people, and it's very difficult not to breach patient confidentiality. <laughs> <in this way>. Yeah. <laughs> Have there been any? sort of types of patients you were you were dreading before you got into the pre-reg and now you've got in you've seen them and you thought no they're not as bad as I thought they were going to be yeah I think to start with like the thought of like old people with lots mm. of ailments and as well like where they've got problems that you can't really solve I think that was what stressed me the most whereas now I feel a bit more confident with them I think kids as well they're the other one where I still feel a bit like nervy about seeing just because I don't know I find it quite hard when you cyclo them and things like that but I think in terms of seeing older patients with issues that I've definitely become more confident with those. So. Has anyone said to you you seem awfully young or are you sure you're qualified or those types of comments? They haven't said it like per se but sometimes because you have to sort of say you're a pre-reg to get like consent for doing the eye test like when you say that you see a couple of sort of side eyes looking at you like mm, do you know what you're doing sort of thing or where they ask a question like oh so because I always say like my supervisor's on the building so they're like oh so are they going to be like checking like I don't know you quite a few comments when you first start but then you can see them relax as you sort of start the eye test because then they're sort of like oh you actually like this is a normal eye test it doesn't feel different so so how do you actually introduce yourself um I normally just obviously say my name and say I'm a pre-reg optometrist so I'm graduated but we stay in training for the practical side of things for a year or so and my supervisor's on the building but we need um my assessor's going to be looking at the records so is it okay for her to do that and as I say everyone so far has said yes but they some look at you a bit suspiciously after that <laughs> so. but that, no one's actually refused which is really good isn't it no that's good because the pre-reg before me she's had sort of a couple refuse her before but not yet for me so. <laughs> but it's also testament to how well you're doing the test and how professional you are that they start really suspicious and then almost a couple of minutes later they go it's fine yeah no it's sort of reassuring and yeah. it's like I've had some people where like a woman where she had macular degeneration I had to explain that to her and then she like phoned like specifically asking to like speak to me for like more questions and because like in spec saves you have like maze where they give you feedback and whenever they're like oh like this person was really good but you sort of are like oh like I'm doing all right it's fine <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I found in practice is people give you some very strange presents when they really 
Mm. I've had a pair of socks was probably the strangest. That is quite odd. It wasn't like Christmas socks either. It was a pair of brown socks. I have no idea why. <laughs> was it they really gifted, it was your do, you think? do you think they, they got a pair of brown socks from their Auntie Joan or something and gone... I'm not wearing these. Who, do, who am I going to give them to? Who can I give these to? <laughs> who will have brown socks? What am I doing today? I'm going to go to the shops. I'm going to go and see Doris. He won't wear brown socks. Oh, I go for an eye test at two. I'll take him a pair of socks as a present. There you go. Yeah. And practice is great, isn't it? You yeah. get fantastic, funny stories. And what I was about to ask is, does your practice have loads of like chocolate and cake and things on hand all the time? It varies. Like there's the odd week where we've got like certain optoms that are bakers. So when they're in, then yes. <laughs> yeah, our, our uh, practice is uh, rife um, with with issues like that. I remember when I worked in 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 the clinic, there was um a promotion run where you'd have you know we'd send dispensers off and um they would give us vouchers for M&S because I walked past M&S and I went, I was, I was in charge of buying the biscuits. Uh, so I'd get the, the vouchers and I'd go and buy however many vouchers worth of biscuits and come with a huge bag and, and that went next to my desk and I didn't lose a lot of weight. <laughs> um, <laughs> See, our, our practice has three flights of stairs, so you weigh out biscuits, but it's not too bad. Because <laughs> of course, clinic all on one level. Um, it doesn't work, you see. You don't, the bathroom is the heart of any practice. Yeah. Forget the out front, at the back, with the coffee. And that, that just talking to other people there as well. You, you yeah. don't realise how much you actually learn from just talking to colleagues. Just yeah. over that cup of tea. I saw this patient this morning and, and it sorts it all out. It gets rid of a lot of the, um, the worry as well. You talked a lot about what you, you picked up from your supervisors. What do you... What do you um, what are the benefits of working with, you know, optical assistants and receptionists and, and things like that? What do you pick him up from from other members of staff in the practice that perhaps you wouldn't have, have interacted with as a, as a student? Um, I think it's just like quite often on like dispense or things like that, the patients talk a lot more because they've got more time with like the optical assistants. So mm. sometimes like before they bring you a patient in, they're like, oh, this person mentioned this or this. So then it sort of helps you when you do the site test and it's just that sort of interaction of like they have time with the patient so they give you tips or again like if you think this person benefits from certain type of lens speaking to them and because they've often got more experience about the dispensing side of things so yeah. Because that's one thing that, that that's quite difficult to to, to implement in the teaching environment that 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 extra information like you say you know you chat to the patients and you hand over and say here's a few extra bits we can't really give you that it's in um the clinics as they as they run at the moment so and i think that's an an underappreciated uh aspect of practice yeah really and one of my concerns is the clinics are almost seen as a or perceived as a challenge because you don't have previous records it, mm -hmm. It, it's an unknown and I've got to find everything out and that becomes a challenge. How how different is working with a previous record? How It is very different because as well, I don't know, because obviously like by the books, like with you, Chromie, like, oh, they don't want more minus, like you don't give them it. But in actual practice, like you find looking at previous records, like, oh, they haven't got on with this pair of glasses because this optom didn't give them enough minus or they didn't like their sill at this position so then you adapt 
the prescription that you give them whereas I think like when you don't have anything to work off you sort of do everything by the book but you in real life you sort of take on what they've had before and think about it a bit more in that way so it's getting that different experience. So you, you you've got a lot more joined up thinking about the patient's experience and you're feeling more confident because you've got that? Yeah, you just sort of know more of the patient's story and sort of what they tolerated before and things like that. And I don't know, more whole picture. Oh, this has been good, hasn't it? Yeah, and I think this is this is given a, a lot of grist to the mill of why getting lots of practice experience is really important as a as a as a student um in whatever way you can i mean we have, we've got lots of students that work part-time and i think they, they they benefit benefit from it a lot um and you know if they work part-time with people we know we get gossip as well yeah Brilliant. um so you know we know all the all the, the hard exams and all the easy exams and all that sort of stuff it's great if you could go back in time yeah. Yeah. to first year caris any point in the first year like it doesn't have to be the first day what's the one thing you would you would you would tell yourself about the pre-reg that you wish you'd you'd known right at the start i think well not that it's hard work but i just sort of prepare myself that it wasn't because like in my head i don't know i didn't really think but i was like oh when i graduate like I, i know some people come and have a look at what i'm doing but i didn't think it would be like quite as involved as what it is so I don't know, just to sort of look at what it involves a bit more and sort of think uni isn't all like you've got another stage when you finish mm-hmm. just so that you know what's coming. But I think in terms of like the preparation at uni, like even though at the time you sort of like, why is this going to be useful? Like it is done where it all fits together at the end of it. And like, I think you've definitely got enough experience from uni we're going into pre-reg it's just looking at what is going to involve more than anything that's good to know it's good to know where we are preparing you yes <laughs> that, was, that was one thing that, that could have come out of this that would have been yeah it was a really explosive <laughs> and would have been we couldn't publish it without editing that bit out it says you, you can't teach us for the topic but you can um, you haven't that's and also fine. again not to like Love your ego, Rod, but I think because now they've swapped, I don't know whether it's going to stay because COVID, like they're doing the reflections instead of like the dissertation. So I think that is actually quite useful because in pre-reg you have to do like a certain number of reflections and stuff. So I think that that's good. Uh, And I think that's, that's a good example of one thing we tell you that doesn't become obvious until pre-reg. We which is which is perfectly understandable we we can tell you till the cows come home and, and how important reflection is but until you actually have to experience it then you've got no reason to to, to trust us you should trust us reflection yeah. is great stop you know yeah. stop having to go at us for teaching you reflection but um yeah i i think we should have this as a soundbite i think we should have Kara saying reflection is great and very important yeah. <laughs> and, and then just play it at the start of every really. lecture right. <laughs> no matter what it's on Oh, we, I'm going to teach you how to uh, reference properly today. Here's a, here's a soundbite saying how great reflection is. Brilliant. Well, thanks, Karis. Yeah, thanks, Karis. It's all right. Don't worry.